All right, welcome to the podcast, I Don't Know How to Live. This is your host, Tweester. And this is Just. And we actually also have a third host with us, though he's mostly silent. We have a, <laughs> we have a doggo with us, that's right. Joining us on the podcast is a good boy. He, By the name of Taz. He probably won't make a sound, but you know, if he really likes something we're saying, he might give us a good bork or two. Also known as Tazaroo. Tasman New. How you do, Tazaroo? Tasmanian Tiger. Tazzy boy. <laughs> good boy. So. All right. <clears throat> uh, before we get started, I do just want to make uh, just a couple quick announcements. Got a few episodes down. And so I decided to get off my ass. I went ahead and I made an Instagram page. You can find it on Instagram at I don't know how to live podcast. Uh, there is also a Facebook page. I don't know how to live podcast. And like a broken record, you can also email at I don't know how to live podcast at gmail dot com. There we go. So if you want to, you know, thoughts, um, go check it out, people. It's amazing. I've checked it out. You should too. I'm gonna have a post every time there's a new episode. Uh, you can just put down your thoughts. You can put what you like, what you don't like. If you want to send me an email with suggestions, if you're like, hey, I'd like to hear about this. Hate mail is very appreciated. Oh, my God. If you could send some hate mail, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to read some hate mail, actually. like The more creative, the better. Now, if you're just going to be like... I'm sick of this good mail. Yeah, if you're just going to be like, you sucked, her, her, her. <laughs> well, no. I want some good creative stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm uh, tired of compliments. Uh, yeah, however you can channel it. <laughs> like, a guy can only take so many compliments before he needs to be broken down a little, you know? Exactly. Take me down a beg or two. I mean, treat us like women sometimes, oh, you know? Ooh, ouch. <laughs> that's an old, that's an old, uh, uh, I'm gonna get some hate. Oh, you did that for the hate mail. Exactly! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're genius here at the I Don't Know How to Live. Yeah, and we, that's uh, why we're teaching you how to live. We'll kick your tires, slash your dogs. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's funny. <laughs> Rape your churches, burn down your women. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm not very good at pillaging, as you can see. Uh, oh, they kicked gosh. me out for doing things wrong. Uh, you beat me. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, this podcast is powered by whiskey today. Uh, and Sprite. Mm. Yeah, one's better. You decide. Well, I'm just saying... The marketing says it quenches your thirst. If anything, you're going to need a lot of Sprite. Listen, if you're going for a thirst quencher, yeah, pick Sprite. The whiskey's not going to quench shit. Exactly. It's just going to make you feel good, and maybe it'll give you a good idea every now and then, or help you get to sleep, or help you last longer in the bedroom, or whatever. It'll it'll cure what ails you, and it'll cure most things that don't ail you, too. That's true. Uh, Also a little biased, because... LeBron does the Sprite commercials, as oh. we all know. So. Oh, who gives a shit? I mean, he said he would actually. He said he would never endorse Sprite. So I'm going to take him at his word that he's a truthful man <laughs> and say that LeBron does not endorse Sprite. <laughs> anyway, he would never tell you to drink it, right? He um, he does tell me to drink it, and I do. <laughs> nope, he said I would never tell you to drink it. That's how his commercials that's, go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'm going to take the man at his word. Oh, Fuck you, Jess. <laughs> of course. Leave it to Tweester to be the over-analytical. <laughs> yeah, just, to, just to decide like, You'd be like, which way I want to take it. That's terrible marketing. Sprite, that's terrible Sprite. marketing. Sprite. God, you blow. Don't ever, yeah, don't ever try any product oh, placements gosh. here, Sprite. It won't go well. As yeah. you can tell. Oh, from... wait a minute. We've only talked about Sprite for the first part of the podcast. Yeah, right now some some guy that hates Sprite's going out to drink one. He's like, oh, fuck you guys. Exactly. I mean, what did we talk about, like, last time you were here? We did what? We talked about Arby's. We talked about Taco Bell. We ta- I mean, we... Are you trying to say there's a trend here? I'm just saying, like, at some point we're going to get called shills. Somehow it keeps going back to brands. That's true. At least I didn't tell them what whiskey I'm drinking. Woodford's Reserve. You should have one. <laughs> <laughs> right now along with us. We'll do a whiskey cast one time. <laughs> I'll find someone who loves whiskey. Because I can't do a Sprite cast with you. I don't like Sprite. I'm not a big Sprite fan either. I'm a big fan of carbonation, believe it or not. I don't like sodas. Never, I didn't grow up drinking them. Mm-hmm. But I do like lime, and I do like some carbonation. I tell you, man, just a club soda on the rocks with some lime juice, it's the world. Yeah, see, that No sugar, like, it's just... 
tangy you just sound and like good. A pretentious asshole. It's no, it's just without the shit. It's the same thing you're drinking, just without the sugar. I would like a little carbonation with some lime. Yes, I just don't want all. Or of... you could just say Sprite. <laughs> no, because Sprite has like what twenty five grams of sugar. Let me you know, read it here. What thirty eight grams of sugar? What are they up their game, or am I just am I just remembering wrong? No, that's why I drink two cans because oh thirty eight grams. God, is definitely not enough. God, these are short. Fast anyway. track to diabetes. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Listen, today what's going on in your life lately? What's oh well, that doesn't matter because <laughs> today we're not going to be talking about that. Um, I said my piece. You guys know the Instagram. You know the Facebook. You can check it out if you want. You can send emails. Exactly. And at this point, I've made a few. If you think you like it, maybe subscribe. Not going to tell you you have to. If you're just listening, that's fine too. I I'm appreciate not saying it. it's aliens. I'm not saying you have to. <laughs> I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm not saying you have to, but, but you know. But you should. <laughs> if, you're, if you're coming back and listening to every episode anyways, and you're generally enjoying it, maybe some episodes more than others. Exactly. Maybe subscribe. It'll help me out because it helps me know... Other than just looking at the views, it kind of helps me just know who wants to come back week to week. That's all. Definitely. So, check it out. Now, for this podcast, we are going to be talking about small town living. Growing up in a small town, and that's actually why I got my boy Just over here, because he's got a little bit of... Little bit of experience when it comes to that. He Definitely. does not live in a small town now, but he grew up in a small town and he very much knows what it's like, what the people are like, how things are different, how they might be the same. I'm interested to hear some stuff. Absolutely, now, man. I've been out to the boonies like curiously and I've done stuff and it's not like, uh, you know, I've never never had that small town community before or anything like that yeah um so i know some some stuff that we're going to be talking about but right. your small town is way it's like it's real small town yeah it's it's usually a little different than most people's small towns like uh, do you do you happen to know what the estimate is for like maybe how many people live there yeah it's like uh probably two or three eye blinks from one <laughs> side of the county to the next no, okay <laughs> no uh the actual town yeah uh, it's for real that small it's um i'm not sure the total population but it's not even oh gosh it's you don't have to guess maybe, maybe a few hundred people really like, that's what i mean i thought in, you were gonna say a few thousand in that in that, in that zip code yeah and that's we're code. talking we're talking like the one, town you spent most of your one time stop in. sign uh-huh. no no stoplights um closest thing it's like 30 to 40 minutes away for anything. So, like, for thankfully, uh, elementary school is only like five minutes away. Uh huh. You know, just a couple miles from home. Um, but high school is like 30 minute drive every day. Okay. Uh, two lane, curvy, you know, coal trucks and. Yeah. Pretty, yeah God forbid crazy. you want to go do anything. Like, go yeah. find a shopping mall, maybe? Oh, uh, and now a shopping mall is like. Um, Three hours away. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. Now, it's technically about two hours from, like, our nearest big town, uh-huh. but from the actual town that... Um, We're talking about your town. So right. Yeah. My, yeah, my actual town where I grew up, yeah, it's about three hours. So, if you wanted to go shopping, <clears throat> you had to, like, make a whole day of it? Um, no, you just went to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, you know, in the nearest the nearest big town, like where the high school was, 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Um, we had a few shops, uh, you know, like Penny's and uh, a few other places that are now out of business, of course. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe like Goodies or something? Yeah, or like those places, it yeah. was actually. Uh, and then there was one called um, Doll Hairs. Doll hairs? Yeah. No, D A W, not doll. Oh, okay. D A W. What's the movie that Rob Schneider doll hairs? Oh, with Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, that's definitely yeah. yeah where that's they get on married. Netflix, everyone, yeah. and go check that out. It's a pretty funny. Movie. No, don't. It's that's Adam Sandler. Listen, you can listen to Tweester, <laughs> or you can listen to Just. I saw a picture the other day. Of um, a couple. That was my argument, by the way. You can listen to Tweezer, listen <laughs> yeah. to Justin, that's it. Exactly, because it's, it's their prerogative. Yeah, well, I, I, hashtag. I saw, I saw this picture. Uh, it was a couple at their mm-hmm. wedding, and right. Adam Sandler shows up in like gym shorts and a t-shirt and this big mustache, and he photo bombs them on one of their 
wedding photos and they thought it was and they were just like turning back like smiling and laughing and I commented in the picture what are they laughing at if you say Adam Sandler I'll know you're lying (laughs) (laughs) man he definitely uh, man he definitely had some good movies back in the day he had he had like two good movies and a few good things on SNL and then after that he just went well what is now known as going full Sandler well, like <laughs> I think I think his movies now though have a purpose though like he he wants to make family movies you know what you're getting he wants you to know... make family movies because they're easy and they require no thought or creativity listen we're getting off track and here. they make millions that's what I'm saying well yeah. yeah he's making the money sure yeah of course <laughs> well at least he's not making terrible immoral movies okay and that's like you know is is you know what I mean? I would like a nice, immoral, oh, interesting movie. No. Yeah, I was Listen, like a not talking murder. about movies. I'm not talking about movies. <laughs> just a little murder would spice things up. I mean, throw some murder seasoning on That's, this movie. Well, yeah, his movies are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Anyway. All right, so anyways, um, talking about small towns. So let's go back to like being a kid. Right. Now, did you have a bunch of other neighbor kids to play with? Or were they too far away? Or Yeah, um... Definitely, and uh, you know, I have one one neighbor friend I grew up with who was there pretty much throughout my life. Uh, I'd still consider him one of my best friends today, even though we haven't talked in a very long time. But um, you you grow up with people there. It's like the people that you grow up next to kind of become family because you're all together anyway. You know, so you're so close, you're so isolated. You know. When you're out in the city, there's so many different things you can do. People choose to do different things. Sometimes they're separated. You know, somebody wants to go to the movie. Someone wants to go bowling. They want to, you know, different groups of friends. You wind up with different people. In our situation, you're stuck with who you're stuck with. So, I mean, until someone moves away, which in those cases, you know, people just don't move there. There's, There's... Nowhere to move to. So it sounds like it's a very like isolated sense very. of community. Yeah, isolated sense of community like an, and your it's extended not, family maybe. Right. And it's not so much, you know, like you're extremely isolated from like the rest of the world or anything, but um you do know everyone's business. You know absolutely everything. If someone dies, because a lot of the times it's your family or extended family as well. Like, you'll have one home, um, it could be, you know, uh, whether it's a home, trailer, RV, whatever it is, whoever chooses to live in it. Mm-hmm. You'll have someone living there, and then another member of the family next door, and then another member of the family up on, higher on the mountain, because you're, you know, literally, you're a hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we we embrace the term, too. Now, something that I've... Uh, I've been conditioned to expect just from the small communities that I took part in mm-hmm. is that uh, there's very much at least tell me if I'm wrong a borrowing culture where people might ask you to borrow anything that like if you were living in a bigger city or bigger town people wouldn't think to ask you like hey man can I borrow your truck or something huge you know not like can I have a cup of sugar or something like they might borrow ridiculous things from you uh, and that's something that I kind of experienced for a short time did you is this something that was going on in your small town? Like, do you know what I'm talking about, or am I just... Absolutely. No, absolutely. Like, you hit the nail on the head, and uh, maybe I'll take it a step further and say one of the biggest things that people steal in a small town is your time. And they find out what you're good at, or what you have, or what you don't have, and then exploit that. So, uh, the reason that... That's one of the first things that comes to mind. Um, people in my family that have, you know, equipment, you know, large pieces of equipment that can, um, you can load uh, load vehicles on trucks and things like that. Uh-huh. So, if, you know, just for that example, if someone gets in a car wreck and they, hey, so-and-so has a truck, so-and-so has this piece of equipment, can pull us out. <laughs> and then everyone expects, like, oh, since you have that equipment, you have money. And, oh, that family has money, so we can exploit them. We can go and ask him for money. We can go... And, and that's the biggest thing. Like, in a subdivision, you go over, you ask for sugar, for the Kool-Aid. In small towns, you ask for cash for the drugs that you want to buy. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Like, you come up to someone and just ask for cash. It's just like, being in a city, you know, you'll have beggars that come up to you, people on the streets that are asking for money, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. Beggars is probably, you know, stop using that term in the 1800s. I I think that's a perfectly fine term. Okay. Yeah. Well, that works. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing, except it's just drug-infested no future a cycle of poverty and it's one of the biggest reasons that i was wanting to get away is to go away see the world grow as a person get these life experiences go back and share that with the culture that i'm from which has kids dreaming of being truck drivers and coal miners and that's their future yeah. You know, they have no idea outside of the street. And we don't call them streets. We call them hollers. Mm-hmm. It's, and so outside of the holler that they grew up in, the mountain life is the only thing that they ever aspire for. Now, you say uh, you're talking about the drug problem there. And, you know, I'll go ahead and preface that with not every town. There are some towns that are very quaint and nice. And just because a small town small doesn't mean they'll have a drug problem right. or problems like that. But... We do know that there are definitely small towns with drug problems just because there's less policing or, you know, like you said, it's just nothing to do. And so they're like, well, fuck it. We'll do drugs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Can you talk about, like, what maybe some of the drug problem uh, experiences you had and maybe what was their drug of choice? Because depending on the town, it could be something different. You know, um, I'll try not to go too much into family on this one Mm -hmm. uh, because that's a big problem. you see it, of course, with everyone there, and everyone's kind of your family. And, you know, that could mean cousins that are dealing drugs or uncles or, you know, whoever. Whoever it is. Um, so we won't go into family, but just as to speak to the problem of what I saw, um, and even drug of choice, I, I would assume it's marijuana. You always were told when you were younger, when you're out in the mountains and you're driving your four-wheeler, you're out hiking, if you see a trail, looks kind of like, you know, why would there be a trail there? Uh-huh. Stay away, out of the way. St- yeah, stay away from it because it could be someone's marijuana plants, and if you go over there, someone could be guarding it and they could just shoot you. Right, right. Like, so, if you were to discover it, they'd be like, we have to do something about you now. Right. Kind of like the craziest thing is like... um <clears throat> You get to witness on TV sometimes, you'll see the old uh, moonshiners in the mountains of Virginia and Kentucky and all these places, and you kind of see how these people talk and how they live. Mm -hmm. And you kind of hit the nail on the head again, saying lawless people get away with things. That's another thing that contributes to the drug problem. So that's another thing. People create their own laws, their own rules. So you'll see all the... We, I mean, just for slant, like redneck signs. That's how, you know, you see all these redneck hillbilly signs. We shoot first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Nothing I own is worth your life. Like all these signs are posted on gates and people's properties. Uh-huh. And just trees out in the woods by people's property lines. Cross this line, you'll be shot. It's like people create their own culture. And if you talk to people, oh, yeah, I mean, if somebody tries to break in my house, I'll shoot them and take them up to the, this coal mining place with this sludge pond. Just throw them in that, and they'll disappear forever. Like, people say those things. Like, you get threatened. People come out with their guns. People shoot their guns from their porch. Yeah, like yeah across, like we've all across, seen in movies. Yeah. The, yeah, everything that you see in movies for me as a child growing up was just normal like there were so many things that i learned once i was a teenager about like more in-depth questions about life because country living is just kind of so simple on the surface and then you get a little older and you branch out and you go to places you've never been you talk to people with different beliefs than you and you and you grow as a person of course as we all do hopefully yeah Hopefully, that's, you know, that's kind of the hope for everyone. Um, So once that happens, though, then you start to understand, like, whoa, like, I was extremely isolated. I didn't even know English as well as I thought I did. (laughs) What do you mean half the words I'm using are wrong? (laughs) There's tons of comedy bits in this. But it's like, yeah, like, learning the actual word, like, saying it, and then having your friends from, you know, quote, the city 
say, wait a minute, what what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, is that not the word, you know? And <laughs> people are like, no, you are totally wrong. And you just find out that your your family had their own language, you know? Yeah, and maybe even your isolated community. Since you heard everyone else uh, yeah. say it, you're like, oh, everyone says that, right? You come out and they go, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, and then different counties were known for that as well. Like, we're known, we judged counties on, like, their level of redneckness. Like, <laughs> it was a hillbilliness. It was like a hierarchy from county <laughs> yeah. to county? Yeah, it's like, oh, did you hear what the, the people from this county did the other day? Oh, they drove their four-wheelers to the football game. The players did because their homes are there, and oh, they just drove their dirt bikes on the highway down to their own football game. Like that sounds kind of awesome, though. I would love to go more places via four wheel. You know, someone's like, "Uh, hey, uh, we ran out of um, burgers for the grill out. Could you go out and get some burgers?" And like, sure thing, I can. And I just like take the four wheeler to the grocery store. Park. I've done that a thousand times. So I was just into my hometown recently. And I was doing some work there, and that's exactly what I did. Oh, I just took the side-by-side down the road, up the highway. And typical in country fashion, had three dogs in it with me. (laughs) Okay? Like, two pit bulls and uh, Jack Russell. Well, I would say that's something that they do got right. The more dogs, the better. That's true, as long as they treat them right. Well, yes. Amen, brother. (laughs) Yes, and hopefully there was no... um, you didn't know of any sort of like uh, illegal activities, and I don't mean drugs because we were talking about drugs. Did you know of any illegal activities that were going on? We're talking dog fighting, cock fighting, maybe. I've even heard, okay, there was not too far from where I lived at one point. I found out that there was a four story house, basically a small mansion, like for country terms, you know? Right. Looked like some old antebellum house. Um,. That they were uh, gambling in. They had a casino, like a straight-up casino in this place that everyone in that town knew it. The sheriff knew it. No one messed with them because they they would give a kickback to certain people. And they just saw it as a nice boost to their economy where they might not have one because people would come from the surrounding areas to go gamble there. And it was nice. Like, it, I, I remember being told about this. Like, on uh, two of the floors, they had full bars. And they had a kitchen that would make you food. And on every floor, all four floors, was some sort of gambling. Sometimes they would have a show on one of them with girls and stuff. Like, um, just the full Monty of what right. you think of. Like, when you think of, like, a saloon. Like, a modern <laughs> saloon <laughs> is what they had. And everyone knew about it. And they it just went on. You know? And that's kind of stuff you can get away with in a small town. Did you have anything like that as far as the activities go besides just what was being sold and made? You know, it's so odd you ask these questions because a lot of these things I don't even think about until someone, you know, someone else provokes it. Uh Uh-huh. I grew up from the age of five probably playing electronic poker machines at this gas station. Uh Uh-huh. So this gas station was owned by this guy. Uh, he has a really funny name, but I'll keep his name out of it. But um, he owned, he was like this businessman conglomerate of the town, This the guy that owns, you know, a lot of things. There's, oh. there's you know, a handful of these guys. Even in such a small town, there's a handful of these guys. Uh-huh. Uh, so he owned this gas station with apartments above the top of it. Then okay. He owned, yeah, <laughs> then he owned some apartments over beside of it as well. Uh-huh. Um, Inside the gas station from, you know, from when I was a very young age, had electronic poker machines that, you know, they would pay out, pay out money. If you got above a certain number of points, you got a certain amount of money. Uh, so, you know, put a dollar in, you get four credits, and you play your credits. If you get it up to 20, you, you get $5. Okay. Get it up to 40, you get $10. So you just go to him to cash out once you have enough yeah. points. Yeah, you, you just... Go to him and say, hey, come look at this. And then you hit the little ticker on the side of the machine. Really old, like, you know, maybe 80s, 90s electronics, you know. Machines. Yeah, I know what you're talking like, about. Like, there was one time, there's a funny story. The power, the electricity just, like, flickered mm-hmm. uh, during a storm. That happens all the time. That, you know, being so Par for the away. course. Yeah. yeah. Like, and when it's out, it's out for minimum, like, two to three days minimum, every time. Um, but anyway... 
the power just flickered and it set one of the machines off. So it turned the probability of winning up. So he was, the, the guy that was playing was winning like eight times out of ten. Oh, so, shit. yeah, <laughs> instead of, like, one time out of 20, he's, you know, eight times out of 10, he's winning. Yeah. And um, wins, like, $500 before the guy figures out what's going on. Uh, anyway, the whole point of the story is it was legal for a long time. And then they made it illegal. And they said, you know, if any gas station that has these old machines that's, you know, paying out, if you get caught with them, you get a fine, whatever. So just like you said, they kind of had this hidden thing. Well, this was actually after I was a teenager, they started doing this. They built a wall in the back of the gas station, put the machines on the other side of the wall, and they would have a lady like whatever basically you can put in your refrigerator at home, that's what she could cook you in a microwave or a cold cut sandwich. Uh So (laughs) she would come back there and be like, oh, would you like a bologna sandwich? Would you like a ham sandwich? You'd get it on a paper plate. Come out with chips on the side, you know, mustard, bologna, white bread. Just like you're made it at your house and they probably charge, you know, five bucks for it or something. Yeah, they call I think it's uh, um, a cold bologna and cheese with mayonnaise sandwich is called the trailer park sandwich. Yeah. At least in some of the circles that I was in, that's what they I called can it. See, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's very important. It's got to be cold bologna and cheese. Oh, if you yeah. start frying the bologna, they're like, whoa, you're fancy. Well, you know, that's um, somebody in my family, they love that. Cold bologna and cheese? Fri- no, fried bologna. Oh, yeah. No, I know plenty of people that like fried bologna. Fried bologna is like a... It's like I, a southern staple. That's now. what I was going to say. A yeah. southern staple. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, I've seen, I've even seen restaurants, like, not, not like fancy restaurants or anything right like diners do stuff with that that was kind of nice and different yeah like these these really dressed up sandwiches but they use bologna for and it was right. like fried bologna for and it was kind of funny <laughs> to see that but it worked um but no 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 it's it's supposed to be like the bare minimum like it's just white bread it's got to be white bread cause it's got to be the shitty bread mayonnaise <laughs> and one slice of cheese of whatever cheese and cold bologna and that was it you know one of my favorite things used to be white bread and a piece of American cheese, craft American cheese, put just, it in the microwave for like 10 seconds, it bubbles up around the edges, and then you just eat it. Like a, so like a <clears throat> steamed cheese sandwich is what isn't I'm that, hearing? Is, not steamed, but I mean like kind of. Isn't that thing, Yeah, just microwaved bread and cheese. I was, I've been doing that since I was a little boy, yeah. Huh. I, and I haven't done that in a long time, mind you. But um, also started eating uh, uh, mustard with uh, potato chips a lot. So I would just sit down with plain potato chips on the couch with a bottle of mustard uh-huh. and just pour some on a potato chip. I used to do that and watch Rocket Power. <laughs> rocket Power? <laughs> yeah. I love some Rocket Power. And then like right after that, I would eat a bowl of cereal. But anyway... What were we talking about? Small town living? That's the small town <laughs> <That's>, diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I want to ask about moving away from, you know, the illegal activities and stuff that could go on in a small town. Yeah, it's hard to censor that as I'm talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> going away from that and instead going <clears throat> to, what was dating like? Like, by the time you got to, like, high school, what was dating like in a small town where everyone knows everyone and you can't get away from anything and I assume there's no privacy at all? <laughs> uh yeah there's a funny story <laughs> i was uh had a crush on this girl one time and eventually started dating this girl and i don't know who it was was someone was like i think i bet that's your cousin i bet that's your cousin so this word starts you know, everybody's getting in your head, and then you find out people are just playing a game with you. Okay. So, <laughs> you're like, as a kid, you're like, oh, everybody makes this joke, and then you freak out about it because, like you said, in a small town, everybody's connected, and it's usually family. So you're like, okay, they're not my distant family. That's not a, like a f- six cousin over there, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> So it's like you're like I know it's, it, it's, I know it's not true, but people just keep saying it. Now it's making oh, me paranoid, people, kind of thing. People will say that, and then of course, like, I mean, you do have some people that have done that. Some families, like, 
they're they're kind of known like you know that last name uh-huh. for that, um, which is terrible. But it's in like surrounding counties, like, and it's not like crazy what you think like when people say that but it's like probably extended family or something oh, they're not making like inbred murder children or something no no but it's probably just something that, you know because there's a cycle it's just a cycle of whatever whatever cycle you're in it's hard to get out of okay and if if that makes sense that's uh so it's like once you're known for something it's hard to not be known for that or yeah and then um as far as dating, though, I mean, like, it is a limited amount of people. Like, if you're dating people, like, right there in your town. But you're not. And you're, I mean, you're young. Once you get in high school, the closest high school takes you out into, like, the neighboring towns, the cities. You start knowing people all over the county. Because, like, we do Someone told me once that um, we hold a lot of emphasis on counties. Like, we know, like, people in Kentucky know all the counties, like... Kind of in, or Virginia or North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, like at pretty much all of those states, they they kind of do that. I find now if when you go to like more of the West Coast, I don't know if they do. Uh, you know what? I know actually, I've heard multiple times California does this. Well, so yeah, I'd say you, that, yeah. well because you kind of hear Orange County though. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think of because it's on. You know, it was on MTV and all this stuff. But maybe maybe not though. I it's just something about like uh, the smaller states kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, and it's like um, not only that, but it's like the topography of your of where you're living in that state kind of dictates the population and how you're grouped together. So if you got a lot of mountainous ranges in our east coast here, like the Appalachian Mountains running through there, mm-hmm. you have people that are dispersed in different locations that are very isolated. Yeah. So that's that's probably why uh we're so familiar with all the counties and things around us and I could and, see and mountainous regions. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about dating, did you have did you run into problems like because there was a smaller pool of people? Did it seem like when you started dating someone, you were always running it? I mean, this can happen at any high school, but maybe especially a smaller one. You're always running into their exes, or like there's no getting away from the other people that dated them or want to date them. Yeah, you know, everyone is so connected. Um, your high school life, three hundred kids, entire high school. So, I mean... That's small, yeah. That you know everyone. All the classes know. There's super competition between classes. Um, it's it's just this fun environment of these small groups of, you know, four groups of kids competing against each other. Like you have field day and you have, you know, homecoming week and you have all these things. There's competitions. Who has the best float? Who can decorate the hallway the best? And every, every, like I said, everything is so small. You know everyone. All the seniors know the freshmen. All the freshmen know the juniors. You didn't really have situations where you'd go right. into a class and, and go, "Hey, I don't know a few of these people." And yeah, you you had cliques and people that you know kind of isolated themselves, stuck together. You, you had your typical stereotypical people, but for the most part, like there was no such thing as band nerds, mm-hmm. like. For some people, yeah, you'd say, oh, the, the only that person's a band nerd or that person. And they like would like one dictate, band nerd. Yeah, they would like dictate or judge certain people. Uh-huh. But it's like, for the most part, like our band people were just as cool and flashy as the football players and just as cool as flashy as the baseball players. So like in a way, everyone was on the same page and same level. Yeah. We held, we held football and basketball in higher regards, of course, things mm -hmm. like that. Like your typical things, like don't get me wrong, but there was more sense of togetherness. Like if the band did great, everyone was happy. Like it was like, Hell yeah, like we're killing this shit. Like everything is Yeah, like doing they're good. going to regionals. The team, yeah, it, that's exactly. It's like if one person from our school did something. You know, uh, one of um one of my classmates like spoke at some summit in Utah at some convention for uh, doctors on some new discovery and mm-hmm. she, she was a very big part of that out there. So we are all like 
sending her off like everyone gets a fire truck parade kind of thing <laughs> like you know like that actually you, sounds kind of nice yeah it's it's one of those things like um I myself like have a key to the city and I'm considered a duke as How did well. you get a key to the city? That's that's a crazy. Did thing, you get that man. in high school? Yeah, yeah, and who like did you multiple times from the mayor? Like you get like it's a ceremonial thing, and yeah. Could you can you tell me about what you did so to you get the key to the city? You, like, you can do charity work and you know volunteer work around the city, or like in in our case, it was doing something for the high school. So, like, giving back to the school, if we did something special, if we raised money for something, mm-hmm. and then, like, your homecoming people, they would get to go meet the mayor, and people were voted for certain things in high school and all this, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you would go, and, like, they, you know, for dinners and things like that, there's just a lot of cool things that, uh, once I got to college, I was like, whoa, I had totally different high school experience than a lot of people yeah because some people are like oh you know i had five thousand people in my high school and i'm like whoa i had like we had the at the time we set the record for the largest class uh-huh. graduating class and we were like 90 people or 95 people and just your graduating and class just my graduating and then class. like 300 in the whole school maybe. Yeah, yeah and now of course it's grown i mean um and thankfully they just renovated everything Oh, uh, is it getting kind of run down? You talking oh, old school? Man, yeah, like uh, really bad. <laughs> well, you know that that is nice to hear. It's nice to hear some of the like, can I positive you? parts? Uh, well, about... let me tell you. Let me tell you a funny story. Go ahead. This, this would be really funny. So there's, uh, we're sitting in class, okay, and um, we're in career something. It's not a career services, career something. Some Is it one of those classes? Classes about your future. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're like, this is what you might want to go do. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're in there. We're sitting there listening to the teacher give us a lecture about, um, she was talking about kind of what we were going to do in the future, like planning ahead kind of thing, just getting started. Uh, one of those typical classes. Yeah. And this is no joke. And this is this happened numerous times. A snake fell from the ceiling of the classroom. <laughs> Seriously? No joke whatsoever. The same classroom ended up flooding with one of the fire sprinklers once and there's like a foot of water in there. <laughs> like this place was crazy. It was a madhouse and we went back so I, I mean, of course, you can imagine just from what I've told you, like, can imagine the, um, the the memories that we hold so fond of, like, such a community, you know, of, of young teens like being together in high school, and we're everybody's together twenty four seven, you uh-huh. know, and there would be times like where I left instead of going back home thirty forty minutes away, I would spend weeks with friends, like just bouncing from friends' house. Yeah, and, you're like, I'm gonna go spend yeah. the week at so and so's house, and they're exactly. like, hey, call later. <laughs> <laughs> so we have all these memories, you know. Everyone's always together, and we go back, and no one is, or nothing is there that we had everything has been demolished and new stuff is put up and then the funny things are you go back and you find out your classmates that some of your wildest friends in high school are mm-hmm. now teachers at the high school gee yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> i actually have a friend like that myself where we were like he is just, just awful but then he became a teacher it is <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing but he became a good teacher too like he I'm takes sure it very great. seriously. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're great. It's yeah. just so funny. Like that shows you that anyone at any point can turn things around or go a direction that you just did not expect. Yeah, absolutely. It just pays. It just be nice to everybody, right? Yeah. Has your mayor, the mayor that you mentioned before, has he gone like uncontested, just be staying mayor for like since you're for your whole lifetime? You're pretty much right. So yeah. in a small town he like died, that, he died um, several years ago now, I believe. Um, in office, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and his wife's mayor now. His wife became mayor. She became mayor, and we just had... no one, no one contested or anything. Yeah, um, and then someone's running now because she's like giving it up, or she actually she may have passed away as well. I'm not sure. 
Um, but they're running now. So um, this is another thing, a, a completely different podcast for one person, to, for this guy I'm about to tell you, the principal of the high school. Mm-hmm. So he's running for mayor. Right. Yeah. So the principal of the high school is running for mayor. This yeah. guy that you're talking about before this guy that was I'm like terrible? About, he is like, no, he's not terrible. No, that he was in high school, like he was wild? Oh, no, 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 no. The, the principal of the high school is now running for mayor. That's what I'm saying, that the principal is so good, I would have to have another podcast to talk about. Just talk about that one guy. Yeah, he is that amazing. You know, a staple in the community, held in such high regard. So now there's this conflicting thing going on. We want him as the principal, but we also, also want, want him, him as, as the, the mayor. mayor. <laughs> can you not give it? It's a, can you not give them both jobs? Like maybe yeah. no one would say anything, or and there's is there other, too much to do. Right? There's other people. There's other good people running. You know, I, I mean, not to disregard any anybody else running, but uh, you just have a connection with this guy. This is a guy that during school um, needed something would give you the keys to his vehicle and say, "Hey, like just pull you out of class, be like, hey, run down the store and give me something." Like, something cool like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you have your license, you're in high school, they've built trust in you kind of thing. You know, it's just like driving your own vehicle. But he was like, hey, mine's parked right there. You're just going half a mile over there. Go get me something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you needed a snack or something like that. So, it's just one of those things you just build that kind of relationship. You don't have... The typical principal relationship. It's more of like, whoa, I have another parent in my life. Like, I can go to my principal like I can go to my family, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like <clears throat> a, the trope that we all know of, like, principal's basically just waiting for you to get in trouble at a lot of yeah. other schools. He's just yeah. like, if I don't see you, you're good. <laughs> exactly. Goes, and I, or or if you do, if you get some sort of accolade or something, I'll come take my picture with you or, say, or I'll come meet you then because then I know all the good kids or something. Yeah, it's like, that's very stuff. That's very much how it was not mine and no one liked the principals. They blew. At least most of the people that I knew. You know what else our principal did? What? Paddled the shit out of people. What? Put a batting glove on. Uh-huh. To make it more intimidating. <laughs> and would sometimes use the paddle with the holes drilled in to get airflow. What? Yeah. Got paddled? Had Oh, yeah. I got paddled for the sake of not being paddled. What? The, you yeah. got paddled because you were you just did, you were so good you didn't get paddled? And he's that's like... A, that's a long story. Not getting paddled? That's paddling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly how it went. Um for the bad, really bad offenders, the kids that were constantly getting paddled, constantly, you know, smoking in the bathroom, getting caught, whatever, mm-hmm. he would open the blinds on his big picture window in his in his principal office that was inside the school. Uh huh. And all the kids would gather in the hallway and watch the kid get paddled and clap. <laughs> were you serious? <laughs> yeah. It was like a public thing. It's like, everyone show up and watch this kid get paddled for being bad. Yeah. Oh, it was like, oh, Johnny's getting paddled. Johnny's getting paddled. Everyone come quick. And you would hear people in the hallways, and they're running by your room. It's like, Johnny's getting paddled. And you're like, kids are raising their hand. Can I go to the bathroom? bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's running in the halls. Uh So the principal purposefully opens the blinds, Uh you know, so we can all see in. We're all looking in. Kid gets paddled. And then the principal goes out into the hall, and whoever he can catch in the hallway gets paddled for watching. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> That's ridiculous. You, if you saw the principal in the hallway, uh huh, you took off running because you were about to get a wrestling move put on you. Easily. What? Was he going to suplex you? He had one called the rake. The rake? He would come up in behind you and do this on the top of your head. And I'm saying take his, take his hand... Spread his fingers out and rake his fingers across the top of your head. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Your principal might be a psycho. <laughs> no. One of the coolest guys, like, walk in behind you and thump you on the head and say, why aren't you in class? Like, old school Mayberry shit. Okay, all right. You know? And then you grow up and you come out, you go out and you learn that there's like people on the news screaming about like the most minute things. It's like this teacher told my son to sit down and shut up. It's like, 
dude, yeah. I got my ass busted by my principal. <laughs> like, he physically <laughs> abused me. My principal like, raked on. me and thumped me and told me to go back to class. And then I did. <laughs> yeah, and I learned and I became smart and I'm a good citizen. I'm contributing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, there is something to be said about helicopter parents, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's. I mean, there's a good balance of everything. But it's just crazy growing up in that atmosphere and just, I mean, I could talk for days about just high school alone, you know, uh, of how that was so different, such a different experience just growing up like that. Now, can I ask, I know that with <clears throat> some of these smaller communities, a lot of times... They will have community events where it'll be like maybe something like everyone in the community gets together for a cookout or, you know, things that happen at the community center or like a community dance. Whereas like in a smaller city, you won't have a community dance. They might have uh, like a premiere for something or something like that. But do you know what I'm talking about? Did you guys have that kind of stuff? Well, we had things long ago and I say that um, just when I was growing up, so... You know, in the 90s, I think it kind of went away in the later 2000s, but you had things like live music, like, um, live music. Yeah. You had live music. Um, you had, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought, had live music. Um, you had people playing in bands, traveling around doing school dances and things like that. So you would have members of the community come out, um, for those, we had things called a, a fall festival. It's kind of like an auction, a fundraiser for the school. It was usually some kind of fundraiser. It wasn't just something done without a purpose, uh-huh. uh, just for entertainment value. Uh, unless you're going to, you know, 40 minutes away to the neighboring town to the big festivals. Now there, you would have um, huge, huge town festival where everyone comes in. You have um, Ferris wheels, you have everything in a small town festival. Chicken on a stick. <laughs> Chicken you know, on a stick? That That's a big food item there. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you have the fair foods, the funnel cakes, things like that. And at that festival, they get someone of prominence. Someone that ha- has a, you know, a name. Like Toby Keith performed there. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the rock band Blackstone Cherry, they performed there. Uh, there's, I mean, there's tons of, tons yeah, of artists. So they would shell here. out the money for these artists to come for these small festivals, like these small town <clears> festivals. <throat> yes. Sometimes, I mean, they probably got grant money that they used a little bit of that to, oh, okay. to bring in. They kind of justified it saying they're bringing in tourism. And, yeah. and then a lot of the times too, the guys showing up, you know, Toby Keith's showing up playing what, five songs maybe, you know, he's the last guy. He comes on stage for... 20, 30 minutes, let's say his tour bus happens to be passing through that town and they're like, hey, we can get Toby Keith this year and it's a huge deal and they only paid him, you know, $15,000 or something. Fuck, dude. Yeah. 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I mean, I feel like somewhere they could have put that, like, they put put that money in the crime. Well, you know, maybe that's but... a good, good transition to lead into... Um, the corruptness of finances in a small town. Okay, yes. Because you have people that own... Now, when you talk about <clears throat> getting outside of my bubble, the... <clears throat> excuse me. The bubble of the super small town, you know, a few hundred people, you get to the bigger towns, several thousands of people, uh, you are going to run into millions of dollars. Like, just in my small town alone, there's people that's worth tens of millions that choose to have a house there, but you don't even realize that they have three other homes, or they have a home in Florida, a home in California. I mean, the money is just ridiculous. You don't think about it. But, of course, you do have the medical field there, that industry as well, so you do have doctor kind of money there, you know. Okay. Making three to 400000 a year, and they're living in that... It's very small town, so the distribution of wealth is just, I mean, you have the you top percent, like, and then you have the bottom, that's it. There's, do you feel like the uh, the government would sometimes spend um, irresponsibly, or do you ever feel like there's embezzling going on? Like, it just seemed like, 
you know, once someone started working for the gov- the local government, all of a sudden all their clothes were nice all the time and their hair was always done. And People get accused of that all the time in a small town. That We just had some elections, and it just happened again. I, I saw a Facebook post um, talking, oh, it looks like we decided to keep someone in office who likes to fill his pockets. You know, just show so, like pictures of this or yeah, that about yeah, and it's like, um, oh, he's driving a new Escalade, and uh, he just became the judge executive of the town. You know, yeah. just last year. Yeah. So it's it's little things like that. Yeah, people are putting money in their pockets constantly. I mean, even the good people, even the people that you love, and that's the hard part about it. It's the people that you love. You know that they're doing that a little bit. But sometimes they're doing it in order to help other people. Uh huh. So, you know, like, they may be giving their personal money out so much, and they're like, okay, you know, I've helped out the community so much, I'm going to replenish what I gave out yeah, a little like, bit. Kind of the way that it's supposed to work, but they're not <clears throat> doing it the right way, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's still shady. like They know if they asked or if they, if they moved for this, right. then the other officials would block them. They'd be like, no, we don't want to spend money there because they just want to line their pockets. It, so they have to do it in a shady way, kind of thing. Like, yeah, it could be like that. Like a Robin Hood of the local city government. Right. It could be that, or it could be that they just don't realize like that we know. They just think that they're getting away with it. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're kind of like, I I don't know, honestly, I don't know if it's an understood thing that they're just saying like, oh, it's kind of understood, everybody knows we do this, but they let us do it. Or if they just don't know and they think they're getting away with it, and we're over here like, we know what you do, we just let you do it because you're still one of the good guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that is isn't that a crazy it's so, it philosophy is. to really develop is. as a small town? And I guess if if you get into this mindset, maybe if you get into this mindset where you think no matter who's in there, they're gonna do it. So it might as well be a guy who helps us out sometimes than a guy who doesn't. Yeah. So maybe that is that. Do you feel like that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the mentality that people have of why they let certain people get away with this even though they know definitely because they think no matter who's in there they're gonna do it they're <clears throat> or do you think that people think hey even if i got in there that's exactly what i would do you know i i think some people definitely think that because they're like well i i would everyone's always more just than the person that's in there you know well i would take the money but i would distribute it better yeah, I you would know, give it to charity. I would steal it, but I would do a better job of giving it, giving it away kind of thing. I, I think that's probably the perspective that most people would adopt. But it's definitely, I mean, it can be done without lining your pockets as well. You know, it doesn't have to be done that way. But being in a small town, like once something happens, it kind of sets a precedent for things. I think um, people are so isolated there that there's a really good chance that a few people that have moved away and developed a bigger perspective have grown so much more than those people in a bubble that when they go back, they can see the... And it's not just an intelligence thing, but let's just... Perspective. Yeah. They can see the difference of perspectives. They can see that those people have a smaller perspective. Like it's almost, it's not like condescending or you're looking down on someone and saying, you're dumber than me because I moved away and got knowledge. And, you know, it's nothing like that. That's how it's perceived. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, people become so isolated that you, once you get out of that bubble and develop a bigger perspective, you can look at their perspectives and see the flaws and say, oh my gosh, they're making decisions based on the their bubble. The limit of, yeah. The yeah, they have no of idea yeah. of, about this other bubble out here that this neighboring, you know, city in another state is doing. You know, they don't know that you don't have to be corrupt. Yeah. All they've ever known is corruption because it's so-and-so was... You know, the judge and his son grew up and became what? The judge. Yeah. And <laughs> or like, the sheriff. It doesn't or have to be that way. And they go, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. The way it's, that I exactly. see that kind of stuff when it comes to um, 
a grow like when your perspective starts to grow when you get more information and knowledge i i like to describe it to people as going back in time i would say imagine if you went back a hundred years and you saw the way people were doing things and you would, you were saying no you don't have to do that like i've got all this knowledge you know that's how it feels when your perspective grows and someone else stays the same or when they stay in a bubble it's like you're going you came from the future and they're still back here in the past and you're saying no we have new information now let me share this new information and they go you're insane and you don't know what you're talking about yeah that's oh that's such that, a great that's point that's kind of that's when you were set, that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. when you were talking about moving away from a small town getting out of the bubble right and then coming back and trying to like say, hey, you know, things can be different in this way or that. And they go, what? You're, you're not making any sense. A great, a great example. A great example of that is with pets. Okay. You, you move away. You get a new perspective. You learn things differently. You go back and the people there see something. They see your pet behave in a certain way. And then you figure out they have a solution and you have a solution. And their solution is from a past time. It's from it's from a long time ago. They never developed. They never saw, you know, they stayed in their bubble. They never so, grew So past, their solution, yeah. when your dog starts scratching his stomach, scratching his ear, their solution is, oh, uh, you know what gets rid of that? If you mix vinegar and this and this and you, and you put it on the dog and you let it dry and then you don't wash this and do this... And they have a home remedy for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, then you say, or you could get some hydrocortisone cream and squirt it on there. <laughs> yeah, know? and they go, oh, what? No. no, no oh, that's, God, chemicals are killing the dog. And it's like, <laughs> okay, it's like, there. yes, I agree. Like, there's a, there's a good balance between natural things and but chemicals. Like, everything's chemicals. Right. But at the same time, it's like we've developed. We have grown as people. We, we have homes. We are separated from wildlife. We choose, we choose to kill off a certain amount of bears and deers. We, we keep those populations. We're on the upper food chain here. We've developed kind of thing. You know, we've, yeah. we've studied things. We've came up with inventions. And, and it's just crazy when people don't go outside of their bubble and sometimes it can cause problems with small town people when they leave and try to go back or they leave and go back and they have new this, ideas. They have, yeah, they have turmoil with their family and their friends because their friends, it, you can't relate. You're on a totally different level. If you, if you travel and go to another country, some third world country that I've never been to, and the only place I've been is the United States you have a totally new perspective on how you view life just because you have been able to see how other people view it in person. You're, you're not watching it on, on the Discovery Channel. You're not seeing how places that don't have electricity, you know, you're not seeing how those people function. You're just seeing an image of it. Yeah. And when you go and visit those places, you get that real connection. So you grow as a person, boom, just like that. So that's why it's so that that's that's a really big thing. I th I think that really hurts people's minds when they move from small towns to big cities, and they get that in that realm, and then they go back and try to relate to the same people they grew up with. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of heartbreak in there. Absolutely. Well, this has been uh, it's like a breakup. Like a breakup. <laughs> you, you broke up with your small town. <laughs> And they're, they're scorned. They've been scorned. Yeah, but you always go back, you know? So, we have run out of time. Um, thank you for joining me. Uh, dude, thank you for having me. Yeah, like, no, this, always. this has been pretty great, actually. Uh, yeah, man. Love the, I love the small town stuff. I feel like there's still more that we could talk about, so maybe in the yeah. future we might do it again if there's some more. I mean, I'll have to think of some more questions, but I, I do feel like there's a lot there to unpack if we really want to. Definitely, dude. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, find me everywhere online at just or justmusicme.com. You can catch me there as well. Uh, new music coming soon. You guys stay tuned. And we will be doing a musical podcast with Just. We're going to be talking about music. Um, we're going to introduce you to some stuff. We may even have them in the music. intro. We'll, yeah. have you in, we'll have you in the intro. 
But that's the end of this, and we will catch you guys next time.